Yes, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, wheelhawkbeefjerky.com. I'm Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas here as well. So we're going to talk all things fantasy sports for the next hour in the city. If you want to jump into the conversation, one 401 1440 put your name on that one we already got some texts coming in here regarding football i think that might have been for the kevin carrius show but we'll still answer those you know later on here we got lots to get to on the program uh we're going to be talking a little bit of hockey today it's a popular request we've had come into the 1440 text line when's hockey going to come up uh we are finally going to get into hockey because yeah hockey season's going to be here in no time uh we're going to be joined by I guess we hope to have on quite often, actually, throughout the NHL season. Pete Jensen of NHL Fantasy and the NHL Network on Twitter at NHL Jensen. Uh, we had some good questions coming on last week talking about Stuart Skinner, potential as a keeper. I want to ask Pete his thoughts on Stuart Skinner as a fantasy goalie, of course. You know, Jack Campbell's there. He's going to want to get some starts back. Uh, we'll see what he thinks about that. We'll kind of go big picture questions here. Guys, you could look to maybe get a steal later on in the draft. Players to avoid. We'll take your questions as well at uh, the text line one eight three three four one fourteen forty. We got some people walking by that want to say hello. Brandon, still one of those things I'm getting used to. It's kind of fun. I like when people walk by and say, "Hey, how are you doing today?" I'm doing very well, Connor. Super pumped to uh, go down to the Canadian Brew House tonight and watch Thursday night football. Um, hopefully, the Vikings can be uh, respectable. <laughs> I, I, I don't care if they win. I don't care if they cover. I just really would like Justin Jefferson to, you know, be the Justin Jefferson that we've come to know and love uh, over the past couple of seasons. And I mean, even week one, he had a pretty great output, but no, yeah. no pay dirt for him. <laughs> Well, I mean, got to see some touchdowns. 150 yards. What does that translate into most leagues? Uh, well, how 15 many? Points? So 15 points plus however many receptions it was, which I think was nine. Yeah. Uh, so for like, and that's the case my league. So nine, 24 points. That's uh, that was far and away the best performance <laughs> I have on both my teams. Uh, but yeah, not enough to uh, to lift my one team out of the the depths of obscurity and the other one we discussed earlier in the week of course the uh, great backdoor cover from the Jets defense so without Jefferson (laughs) I wouldn't have even been close hey you know what I rode Justin Jefferson in the fantasy perspective all the way to two league finals last year I've got him this year in one of my leagues so yeah I mean that guy's a stud I'm with you we got to get him into the end zone we don't need Jordan Addison getting in there we don't need Alexander Madison taking those actually I have Madison in both my leagues as well so I'll take those also JJ can get him close Madison can punch it in whatever we're, we're not too greedy uh like i said that we want you in the conversation here on fantasy frenzy one 401 that is the text line you can also get us on social media at fantasy frenzy am at sports 1440 at connor halley and at b underscore a underscore d 1727 get those questions in about really anything it could be life questions but we'll stick to fantasy football and fantasy hockey primarily today uh Brandon, we are going to talk hockey in segment two. So segment one, let's kick it off. You mentioned it. You're going out to the Canadian Brew House Manning location tonight for Eagles and Vikings. About a 6-15 kickoff. 
Should be a, a fairly interesting game, I would think. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they're 0-1 on the season. They fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-17. to uh, The Eagles knocked off the Patriots 25-20 to in their Week 1 matchup. Uh, just some news and notes very quickly here for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're without running back Kenny Gainwell. He led the team in carries Week 1 versus the Pats. Also will not have cornerback James Bradbury. He's got a concussion. Free safety, Reed Blankenship out with rib injuries. That means Canadian Sidney Brown, the third-round pick in this uh, last spring's draft out of Illinois. We'll get some reps in this one. Also, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker for the Eagles, out. He's obviously on the IR with a foot injury for the Minnesota Vikings. They're without their center, Garrett Bradbury. What will that change in the passing game? Uh, there's that, that QB to center exchange is very important, but Kirk Cousins, veteran guy, I'm sure he'll be able to make it work. And uh, Christian Darrisaw, their left tackle, he is questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, you need mobility against this Philadelphia Eagles defense, so we'll see if they can take advantage of that. Declan, uh, or not Declan, Brandon, I'm going to run through a few more stats here. Uh the Vikings defense last week held Tampa to 2.2 yards per carry on the ground. Baker Mayfield, I would say it was efficient. It was 173 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson on the offensive side, like we talked about, nine receptions for 150 yards. Jordan Addison uh, could be a very good number two receiver in this league. He had 46 yards with a touchdown. And uh, we mentioned that Bradbury, their corner, not playing in this one. Could be a mismatch for Jordan Addison. We know Darius Slay will be all over Justin Jefferson. So Jordan Addison might be a guy you look at here. Uh, TJ Hawkins, man, he had nine targets, eight receptions last week for only 35 yards. Not a great average, but he does get a lot of looks. Uh, Alexander Madison, 11 rush yards. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles defensively, they had 316 passing yards allowed to Mac Jones, three touchdowns. Uh, they only allowed 3.5 yards per carry on the ground. So we'll see what Madison does against them. Uh, DeAndre Swift, likely going to get more carries because he only had one last week and uh for the receivers aj brown Devonte or devon smith both had seven receptions 11 targets and uh our good friend gavin over at oilers nation sent me a text saying goddard gets back on track tonight versus minnesota last two games versus minnesota five receptions he went five for 82 yards last season against them going to be an absolute air show I've thrown a lot of stuff at you, Brandon. Uh, Fantasy-wise, who stands out? Who's going to make it rain tonight? Well, you mentioned the Vikings defense doing a pretty good job of limiting Tampa's run game last week, but I I certainly have my eyes on DeAndre Swift. Uh, He'll still probably split some carries uh, with Rashad Penny, uh, despite the fact that they're going to be without Kenneth Gainwell. But DeAndre Swift, when he was healthy in Detroit, uh, he was a second-round draft pick, highly touted. I was surprised the Lions moved on from him uh, this past offseason, but he's a guy I'm really high on. I own him in one of my leagues. Um, I'm excited to see if he gets a lot more action or if it's still going to be very 50-50 with Penny. Um, But like you said, the Vikings defense did a good job against the run. Uh, But to... um, I, I, I'm high on Swift to maybe bounce back after just one one touch last week. So he he would be my kind of one name that stands out after uh, all that uh, that great info you just threw at me. <laughs> I did I did my research for this one. I was really looking into it. Yeah, I mean I I think we could see some offense in this game. The the matchup for me, Justin Jefferson versus Darius Slay. We've seen guys get the best of Slay at times, but we've also seen Slay eliminate players. So we'll see how that one goes. Justin Jefferson's so good. The Vikings used to have the Randy ratio where it was like, you got to throw to him, uh, I don't know, two out of every five plays. I think the Vikings need to roll over with that one and have the Jefferson ratio and just get that ball to him as much as they can. He's going to get that offense going. Uh, The text coming in here, we've got Lindsay saying, Alexander Madison, 
Jordan Addison, or Zay Flowers for the flex? Just tuned in. Lindsay, thank you for the text. That's a good one. I I mean, I said it last week. I'm a sucker. I mean, I, I started playing fantasy football in the Priest Holmes, LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander era. So I'm always a sucker for the running backs because I just feel like when you get in that red zone, it's just so simple to hand it off. So I always lean running back. And then I would say I like Zay Flowers more than Jordan Addison. Even though I already said that I liked the matchup for Addison going up against potentially a, a third-string cornerback, I would go Madison or Zay Flowers. What do you think, Brandon? Interesting interesting choice uh, that you say you always opt for the running back. And, and like I said, it seems <laughs> there's some more people waving hello. Is a Seahawks hat, hat going by there out in the mall. The 12s. Um, <laughs> the twelves, uh, well, uh, well represented here in Edmonton. But the you said it seems so easy that running backs down in the red zone just just run it in. Like yeah. football in its most basic principle seems like like how do you not just rush for two yards every time or two and a half three yards and just run the ball every play and get first downs on end? That's not really how it works. And we know teams uh, with analytics showing this that running the ball more is not as efficient. All these things. So I, I really like Jordan Addison here because of the things you mentioned in all that great research you did. No uh, Bradbury for the Eagles. Darius Slay will have his hands with Jefferson. He has had uh, very much, uh, we don't normally describe defensive players with feast or famine type weeks, but that's <laughs> what his he's been up against in Justin Jefferson in his career so far. He's shut him down, but he's also got torched. So um, just the lack or absence of Bradbury on the Eagles' back uh, back side of their defense, I think Jordan Addison might be able to have himself a tremendous uh, tremendous game tonight. So I'll, uh, I'll lean there, and my secondary choice would be Zay Flowers because I think we've talked about him a lot already this week <laughs> and uh, just how good he did look in Week One. So we probably provided no help there. Uh, a just lot different of, opinions, just some different <laughs> a lot opinions. of discussion, but we both have Zay Flowers as kind of our backup option. So maybe Flowers is the safe one. Uh, I'm starting Madison tonight. But, I mean, those are good options, Lindsay. You, you got some good ones to choose from. Slurpy Sean says, hey, guys, what are your thoughts on Drake London? Currently on my roster. Is he droppable? Bourne, Allen Robinson, Myers, and Mooney are available on waivers. I assume that's Jacoby Myers. You don't want him. I think he's got some lingering effects from the hit he took. Um, I don't know if you want Mooney. I'd consider Bourne. I mean, he had two touchdowns last week for the Pats. Or Allen Robinson with Deontay Johnson out. He could be good for the Steelers. Drake London, if it's not a if it's a keeper league, I hang on to him. If it's not, I think I try to use him in a trade because I think people still value him. But that offense, I mean, he and Kyle Pitts, that's just disgusting what they're doing. <laughs> I want the Atlanta Falcons to lose every game and then get Caleb Williams just so they can have the air show they deserve in Atlanta because the options are there. So it's not a keeper league. I, I would try to trade him. I, that's probably what I would try to do, but. Of the players listed, only Bourne or Allen Robinson, I think I'd consider. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, if if you have to drop him to to pick up one of those players, I'm not sure they're better options on a every week basis. And and London, like you said, Connor, he's a name that people still are really keen on and and recognize. So he will get snapped up off the waiver wire if you do drop him. I, I think you're right on the right on the mark, Connor, by saying that. Try and trade them. If if you don't like them on your roster and you think there's better options out there, yeah, just try and flip them elsewhere to bolster your depth at a different position or or whatever the case. Because guys will will see that name and be like, oh, he's he's legit. He's wr one for the Falcons, <laughs> yeah. and and maybe not realize that the Falcons' offense is decrepit uh, outside of their backfield. So <laughs> we talked about it yesterday on the show. Someone was having a 
a trade offer or whatever it was there like we're like someone's taking advantage of you <laughs> you got to be that guy now and just try to get drake london get rid of him try to get a running back a tight end whatever it might be another big time receiver i hope it changes because i'm a i'm a kyle pitts believer i want him to finally have some success but my gosh, they really got to get that passing going. And I don't know if they have the quarterback to do so in Atlanta. It's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas with you. Uh, Tua or Burrow, that one comes in from Jetty. Uh, the Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like you could not watch football for a couple years and you would just say, yeah, the Ravens defense is good. <laughs> like you just, they always seem to have a good defense. Uh, so it'll be tough for Burrow, but we know he does have good options there. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa. Absolutely tore apart the Chargers last week. Tyree Kill was unstoppable, and they take on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. I don't know. I mean, Tua seems safer. Like he's he's gonna get his his big time plays. His receivers are so dang good when he's got Tua. Uh, or sorry, J- Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Just seems like anytime the ball's in their hands, they can make a play. So I I think I lean Tua, but Joe Burrow. I mean, they could both. Burrow could bounce back. We think he's going to bounce back. He started off a little slow last year. Yeah, I'm I'm torn here. I think both are great options. Like, like both, like I said, you just automatically assume the Ravens' defense is good, and and I think it is. Like, I don't think it's it's not a slouch by any stretch. But I, I actually think the Patriots' defense is really good, and we saw it in action against the Eagles, who we all know are a very high-powered offensive team. And yeah, they burst out to that big lead, but the the Patriots' defense kept them in the game enough to claw back into it. Uh, I'm a little torn here. To be honest with you, Connor, I, I, Joe Burrow or uh, Tua Tungabailoa is left-handed, which um, may look cool sometimes, but there's just something about southpaws that I don't trust. Uh, one of my best friends is left-handed, and he is untrustworthy to the core. So I'll uh, I'll say Joe Burrow uh, once again, just for the sake of uh, disagreeing with you and, and maybe give an alternative perspective. But I, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Both have both have loaded weapons around them. Um, and are very talented in, in their own right. So Yeah, I mean, I, I think that two is the safer pick. Burrow's going to bounce back. I have to believe that because I do have him in a league. But this week, I might start Trevor Lawrence over Joe Burrow. So maybe two is the pick there. Uh, one last question here before we get to break. Here comes in from Kurt from Barhead. Good day, fellas. Good day, Kurt. If Mark Andrews makes a return this weekend, will there be a potential loss in targets as A Flowers? Is it dangerous to start both of them? Lamar is my QB. So, Kurt, going heavy, heavy with the Baltimore Ravens. I would say there probably would be a drop-off in targets for Zay Flowers. Mark Andrews limited in practice yesterday. We'll see if he practices today. But at the same time, you know, Mark Andrews probably comes in and looks at is looked at as Lamar's number one target. Defenses will try to limit what he can do. So I... I mean, I think there would be a drop-off, but I, th- I think he can still start, say, Flowers. I don't know your entire roster, but I, I think he's still a quality start. Yeah, very Ravens-heavy, Yeah, Curtis. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think you'll see a, maybe a few less targets and a few more balls go uh, Andrew's way as as Lamar and him have a great uh, great rapport, great trust level there as a reliable target. But at, just like you said, it might also open up a little more room for Zay Flowers to be uh, now a secondary target as as the top wide receiver for Baltimore. So uh, starting all three of them, that I don't really uh, <laughs> know about. But um, yeah, I, I think Zay Flowers is still, still worth starting uh, despite Mark Andrews' return. If Lamar Jackson throws four touchdowns to each of them, then you're laughing and you probably won your week. But it's a, it could be a risk to start all three 
I guess it depends who else you have on your team. Uh, it is Fantasy Frenzy here. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, presented by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Uh, we are going to get to Pete Jensen in our next segment, but I just very quickly want to touch on this. Uh, I don't know if you were listening to the Kevin Carey's show this morning. Brandon, I know you were. Uh, Ladislav Schmid was on the program in the 9 o'clock hour, so the third hour of the show. And he really opened up talking about his battle with alcohol and addiction and kind of know what it took him through. When, and now he's been, I believe, clean and sober six months, Brandon. I think that's how long? Uh, I think that's what he about said. Six yeah, months. Sorry, the exact number. Yeah. Uh, either way, that's irrelevant. Uh, it was really, really great stuff from Laddie. So uh, I just want to commend him for coming on the station and being so open about that. I think he helps so many people just by sharing his story. And if you know you're going through it or you know someone going through it, maybe just go back and give that a listen. It's available wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, hour three of the Kevin Carius show. It was on at nine o'clock this morning. And it's right off the top there. And I just think it was it was just such uh, a good thing for him to do and come out and speak about. So I just wanted to shine a little light on that, let people know, check that out, and uh, commend Ladislav Schmid for coming on the station and opening up about that. Very brave of him to do so. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Uh, you can get a hold of us, one 401 Up next, we are going to talk a little NHL fantasy with Pete Jensen from the NHL Network. Send those texts in. Let us know some questions you want to throw his way. It's Sports 1440 Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. If you want to get into the conversation, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. Save that into your phone. Send us a text and give us your name so we can uh, go forward, build upon this relationship. Uh, we're going to talk NFL fantasy and maybe the seg- third segment of the show here. We've got a lot of texts coming in right now, but we're going to talk some hockey as we promised here. We're going to get to our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas tonight. Brandon will be at the Manning location, north side of the city. If you want to go visit him, maybe he'll buy you a beer as the Eagles take on the Minnesota Vikings kickoff around 6-15, For our fantasy wizard today, we bring in Pete Jensen of NHL Fantasy and the NHL Network. If you want to give him a follow on Twitter, it's at NHL Jensen. Pete, good afternoon. You're on the East Coast. How are things going? Everything's great. We're uh, getting into full swing here with our fantasy coverage for the upcoming season. And we're going to have in the States, we're going to have our NHL Network fantasy and betting show later in the week. Uh, Up in Canada, you can definitely watch our um, YouTube fantasy draft September 26th and follow all our coverage on NHL.com slash fantasy. But I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Pete, we're thrilled that you're able to do this and we're hoping it's something we can make a little more common, especially once the NHL season gets going. Uh, First question, I want to ask you this because it was brought to our attention last week and someone listening to the station had said, you know, I have Stuart Skinner. Uh, What do you think about him as a keeper? And, you know, in a lot of leagues where you have an elite goalie, obviously you're going to be keeping them. And in the draft, the the goaltending pool might not be too deep. So when you look at Stuart Skinner, goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, what do you think of him as a fantasy hockey player prospect? I mean, he's got a serious win ceiling for the upcoming season, uh, even with any concerns you might have about 
either a sophomore slump or maybe about Jack Campbell getting back in on the equation to split some starts. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Skinner is the 1A for Edmonton, uh, being the younger guy, being, you know, a Calder Trophy finalist from last year. And I just think that, you know, he has a realistic, um, not a floor, like realistic expectation of 30 to 35 wins, which honestly you could maybe count on two hands how many goalies around the league you could say that about. So um, any concerns you may have, you have to just fall back on the fact that he's going to get a ton of goal support from McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Kane, Bouchard, right? The list just goes on. Connor Brown this year. So even if he gets you like a 9-10 save percentage, you still might have 30-35 wins. So I like Skinner a lot based on where he's going in drafts so far around top 100 overall. Uh, you mentioned Connor Brown there, and I know in fantasy you're always kind of looking for those maybe late-round, mid-round sleepers that can produce. Uh, Connor Brown, we assume, is going to get an opportunity to play in the top six with the Oilers, and that means you're playing with McDavid or Dreisaitl. Uh, he had a career-high 21 goals a couple of years ago in Ottawa. Oh, where do you think would be an appropriate round to select Connor Brown this year? I mean, you could probably get him pretty late. Uh, there are a couple of guys in addition to Connor Brown that are reuniting with their former junior hockey line mates. I like Brown the best out of them, but there's Max Domi in Toronto. If he goes in the top six, maybe he could reunite with Marner. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, maybe a little bit more of a pipe dream, but it just might work out out in Colorado if he reunites with his former QMJHL line mate McKinnon. But yeah, for Connor Brown, I just looked back a couple years ago. He was on about a 30-goal pace for a um, rebuilding Ottawa Senators team at the time. Of course, Ottawa has a lot more talent now, but um, yeah, I just think that like the potential has been there in the past for Connor Brown and, you know, with his past, uh, you know, relationship, knowing Connor McDavid, the best player bar none in fantasy hockey, like that's serious sleeper potential. Um, and I think you could probably get him outside the first 12 rounds in most drafts. Uh, so I would advise people to do so. I think there's a chance he could stick. Even if, even when they, you know, they go up and stack certain shifts, McDavid and Drysaddle, and usually whoever left wing is playing with those guys gets bumped down. Like Connor Brown's a right wing, so there's a chance when they do that he'll still be the third wheel on that crazy line with the two best fa- fantasy players in the whole land. Pia Jensen joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you talking NHL fantasy. Uh, this one comes in from Imitation Tom. He's in a keeper league, his first overall. He says, should I be picking Connor Bedard? And then I kind of want to add on to that. Uh, where do you project him when it comes to points this year? We have him in the high 70s. Uh, I would have him higher. Uh, people ask all the time so far this summer, is he going to be a point-per-game player? I think he's probably going to be close, but uh, you don't know how he's going to adjust, especially playing you know, in a fairly competitive division from top to bottom in the Central and not having the best supporting cast around him. So in a keeper league, I would say you know, after McDavid, you got to really start thinking about, you know, in the same conversation are guys like Jack Hughes, Kale McCarr, but really Bedard's ceiling down the road uh, matches up or maybe could exceed most players around the league. So, yeah, I would seriously consider taking him with the first pick in a keeper draft. But um, we have him, I believe, for 78 points. Just because, like, think about it, like, the best players on the Blackhawks are 
Steph Jones and Taylor Hall, who they just brought over. Um, obviously, bounce back appeal for Taylor Hall after he was playing on the third line in Boston. Uh, I like him a lot as a value pick in DFS and to start the season on opening night and, of course, uh, season-long leagues as well. But just think like one injury here or there and, you know, that team around Connor Bedard maybe could bottom out. They were a, they were pretty rough last year. And other than Bedard, you know, they didn't improve that drastically so far this offseason. Pete Jensen is our guest on Fantasy Frenzy. He uh, NHL fantasy guru and, uh, of course, with the NHL Network. Pete, another question coming from one of our listeners here this morning. No uh, no name on this one. Please put your name on your text messages so we can save them in the Rolodex here. Uh, would you trade for Igor Shosturkin in a five-player keeper league? Couple, uh, he listed off a couple of the potential keepers he has here. McDavid, Fox, Matthew Kachuk, Darlene, Truba, Timo Meyer and Alex Gorgiev. That's a pretty extensive list, but uh, with those in mind, do you think Shesterkin is worth uh, grabbing in a trade? Yeah, I would probably hold on to Darlene. I feel like something really special is coming for Buffalo this year, uh, and Darlene's a huge part of it. I mean, look at all the contenders that that team could have in various awards races. Maybe Cage Thompson for MVP or Rocket Richard for most goals and Darlene for the Norris Trophy after a 70-plus point season, a really big jump last year and still another gear to reach. But, yeah, I think uh, Shesterkin is definitely one of the – even if you're low on the Rangers and saying they maybe could miss the playoffs this year or be a fringe playoff team after losing Tarasenko and likely Patrick Kane um, this offseason, you're still looking at Shesterkin as one of the great volume starters out there that can maintain the efficiency and – like his predecessor, Lundqvist, did really put that team on his back each and every night. So I like um, – we have him projected for 35-plus wins once again, and Chesterkin is still fairly young. So, I mean, in my book, he's one of the three or four best goalies in the league, along with uh, Jake Ottinger, Andre Vasilevsky, and uh, Ilya Sorokin. There's going to be a, a number of really bad teams in the NHL this year. Uh, but with that in mind, you almost always have to grab at least one or two players off some of these lower-tier teams where they're not going to be scoring a ton of goals, probably getting blown out a lot of nights. Are there any names off of some of these uh, lower-end teams, say uh, San Jose, Anaheim, maybe Chicago improves with the additions they made in Bedard, but some of the other uh, basement-expected teams that you can uh, think they have players worth taking still? Sure. If you're in a points-only league, take a look at William Eklund. I could see him playing top line and first power play and bringing some nice exposure to either Hurdle or Couture for San Jose. Um, I think that Edmonton's tough because, you know, they're you, you're not going to want to take those guys too high, but give a, a look uh, as maybe your fourth or fifth defenseman to Jamie Drysdale. If he's on power play one with all their Troy Perrys and McTavish and Trevor Zegris and, and, you know, maybe Leo Carlson if he makes the team. We'll see. But uh, I really like Drysdale coming off an injury-shortened season to, you know, put up 45-plus points if he plays a full year on that power play one. And then one team to keep an eye on. Um, so I'm high on Buffalo. I kind of expect Buffalo to make the playoffs, so I, don't, I wouldn't consider them a bottom-tier team at all. But uh, Arizona could exceed expectations. Logan Cooley, you can get him pretty late in your draft. You could even stack him with Clayton Keller or Michelli. I really like that strategy or Sean Dursey. So those Arizona guys are, you know, near the top of my sleepers this year. And then also Columbus, like 
Columbus has some sneaky upside, whether you get like Zach Wierenski coming off an injury in the late rounds. I mean, he could be on a power play one with Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, maybe Adam Fantilli if he makes the jump to the NHL. They also have Ken Johnson, Marchenko led rookies in goals per game last year. Like Columbus, even if they don't make the playoffs again, could improve by like five to ten wins this year and have a sneaky good offense, maybe even like top ten or top 15 either offense and goals per game or power play percentage. I feel like uh, nobody's really talking about the Blue Jackets, but um, they have serious offensive upside this year. Pete Jensen joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. You touched on Clayton Keller there. I mean, he was absolutely unbelievable down the stretch. I think from February on, uh, one of the top point getters in the NHL. Do you have faith that he can continue on to start the year? Definitely. With Logan Cooley uh, signing the dotted line and and joining that team, I feel like that's a game changer for the franchise. They're going to be out in Australia. It's going to be fun to watch them showcase uh, Cooley. I believe he's going to be playing out there uh, for those games. And then, you know, when they come back here, you know, they're going to be playing in the college rink this year. But they were a pretty competitive home team last year. And I think they're going to be a drastically better road team, right? They added Dursey. They added – Matt Dumba on defense. They have some nice talent already on the blue line with Valamaki and J.J. Moser. And then, you know, their forward group, like like you were saying, Keller had, what, 86 points or something like that? Crazy. I mean, that's like – you don't usually see that from Coyotes players, that gear of offensive potential and ceiling. He may not have even reached his ceiling. He was playing uh, with a young up-and-coming kid, Barrett Hayton and Nick Schmaltz, two – productive players that exceeded expectations last year, but like factor in Logan Cooley and the ceiling might even be higher for not only just Clayton Keller in the points department, but for the team overall, they're definitely a sleeper for the playoffs. And I don't feel like enough people are talking about them right now. Pete, just a couple more for you. Uh, this one comes in via text. Uh, no name on it. Uh, in a keeper league, Fantilli or Cooley? Oh, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> Good uh, options. I would probably lean with Cooley, uh, but they were right next to each other in the NCAA point leaders from last year. So maybe that's something we'll continue to monitor in the years to come. Uh, I think I like the overall roster for Arizona a little bit more than Columbus long term, but they're both. We just did our keeper rankings. You could find them 25 and under players and both of those teams, and you can find it on NHL.com slash fantasy, both of those teams, Arizona and Columbus, well represented among our top 100 for keeper and dynasty leagues. So, yeah, really a nice debate for sure, but um, I like that Keller-Cooley connection for the years to come. Um, I, You know, Patrick Laine, I love his upside, but he, he's not, he has had trouble staying healthy and uh, you're not sure if he's going to play on the same line as Gaudreau or if they split them up uh, with Babcock and stuff. So I would probably lean with uh, with the Arizona duo out there. Uh, Pete, one more for me, and then I think Brandon just wants to ask you one more as well. Uh, not to end on a negative note, but every year there's players that get a lot of hype and then just don't necessarily pan out. Is there anyone that you see right now that maybe you're having kind of a, a hard time buying into? Yeah, it's tough because you have to respect what he did last year, uh, tied for the league lead in wins, uh, Linus Allmark. But I'm a big uh, fan of Jeremy Swayman and his ceiling and keeper in dynasty leagues. And when you look at what the Bruins lost, 
this offseason with the retirements of David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron, two great defensive forwards. And then you also factor in, like, losing some of those rentals they had, right, like Tyler Bertuzzi and um, Taylor Hall um, got traded, of course, to the Blackhawks. And then Dmitry Orlov, like, Boston lost a lot. We have them projected for, I think, 15 fewer wins than they had last year. And that's being – that might be – being generous just because they set the NHL record for wins. So, like, you could see a pretty significant drop-off for the Bruins and couple that with maybe Swayman having a breakout season and all of a sudden the guy who won the Vezina last year, you know, not to go against the grain here, but the reality is that, you know, we've seen a couple times, right, two playoffs ago they switched to Swayman and didn't look back in that series. And then even this past year, whether Allmark was banged up or not, game seven, everything on the line against the Panthers, they started Jeremy Swayman in that game too. So things can change on a dime with the Bruins and their great goalie tandem. So I think in our latest mock draft, I took Allmark uh, in the top 40 overall, and it was a safe pick that's a good value based on where he's being drafted on average, but still not a pick that I'm entirely comfortable with going into the new season, uh, expecting him to replicate what he did last year. Pete Jensen from the NHL Network, our guest on Fantasy Frenzy. Pete, last one for you. In leagues where hits are worth either points or in a category head-to-head league, how early are you or are you at all taking flyers on players like Luke Shen, Radko Gouda, some of these defensemen that absolutely pile up hits but don't really contribute anywhere else uh, across the board? Is there is there value for players like that? Yeah, there's a place for guys like that on your roster, no doubt, uh, as you get to the later rounds. But I've always been more of a proponent of, like, trying to get those guys that have the good category coverage. Like, take It's fair game to take Brady Kachuk in the first round of a league that counts hits. It's fair game to take him over his brother, Matthew, even after he had back-to-back 100-point seasons. There's Ovechkin, Evander Kane, deeper down the line. Boone Jenner, guys like that, Ricard Raquel, like different, you know, top six forwards that produce a good amount of hits. And the reality is like those type of players, even if it's a Lawson Krause, a third liner for the Arizona Coyotes that ends up scoring 20, 25 goals, that could be incredibly valuable this year. Don't forget about Tom Wilson as well. Um, Those are the guys that I try to mix into my teams and mock drafts and in, uh, you know, leagues that we do out there for fun. So um, I think it's a really important strategy to know your category format. And if it counts hits, like go all, all in on those type of guys. Pete, thanks so much for doing this today. Uh, we'll get you on later on in the season here. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And uh, thanks for having me on. Check out the NHL fantasy on ice podcast. We're dropping a new episode today. On stat projections, we did mock draft 1.0, off-season moves, the whole thing, and uh, everything else on Instagram, at NHL Fantasy, and NHL.com slash fantasy uh, on the website. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, don't go into your drafts without all the resources we have uh, devoted to fantasy right now. Perfect, Pete. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, that's Pete Jensen, NHL Fantasy and NHL Network. Give him a follow on Twitter at NHL Jensen. Uh, I know he does great stuff. He's always willing to help you out if you've got a question for him. And uh, of course, he's going to be putting out his content there. So uh, lots of great information. Brandon, you're in a fantasy hockey league or two, hey? A couple, yeah. A couple. So here's a question for you. Uh, this came in from Ewan 
who was doing his first hockey league. It's Yahoo head-to-head. His question, uh, what does he need to know? It's kind of a, a very vague question. There's, I mean, you got to know hockey. you got to know the rules. you got to know the categories. But what would your advice be? I think taking advantage of resources like guys like Pete, who we just had on, where they he dedicated that's his virtually his entire job is to provide information on stuff like this for you. So finding, I mean, him and his entire team uh, that he works with, they put out great content. I read everything they do and listen to it. Uh, and and the, but there's no shortage of them across the board. Uh, you find a person that you like and trust, and you can you can lean on them. Like they're pros for a reason. Um, but like I think number one rule, like you said, knowing the format, knowing the rules categories point values that is imperative because there's nothing like finding out that shutouts are worth 15 uh extra points or something each night and not drafting a goalie until the 12th round or something right so things like that really really matter big time uh imitation tom says there's nothing more important than understanding your scoring system i was in a league that overweighted goons ryan reeves ended up being the number one player in the league like yeah that's exactly it I remember I got into one a long time ago and I didn't even think like hits and blocked shots would be categories because, you know, you, you want goals. We're talking fantasy football here. We want yards and touchdowns and offense. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm losing because of these secondary categories, which I just didn't look at. So, yeah, look at the rules, look at the scoring, make sure you know that and maybe you can take advantage of it. Uh, that was Pete Jensen. He is our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. You can head out to the Manning location tonight and hang out with Brandon or head to any of one of their many locations. Just enjoy the game, have some food, have a couple of drinks, and uh, you could qualify for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas amongst other prizes as well. I'm Connor Halley. He is Brandon Douglas. This is Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Uh, when we come back, we'll jump back into the inbox, one 401 We got a lot of text, a lot going with the NFL. So we'll jump into that next here on Fantasy Frenzy. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, bringing the music. Lupe Fiasco, I love that. Whenever you can mix that in, it's going to be a good segment. one 401 is the text line. Our show presented to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Text coming in here. Lots of good stuff. Uh, I should let you know that uh, coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tie today, uh, they're, I mean, of course, they're going to do what they always do, but uh, they're going to have, um, man, I don't, I don't know if he goes by it as much as he used to. Jean Shorts Bagged Milk. I always thought that was the name, but now it's kind of just bagged milk. Uh, you know, he's going to bring the heat, uh, talking a little NHL, and uh, they will also be going out to Philadelphia to preview tonight's game. Eagles and Minnesota Vikings. You can go down to the Canadian Brew House Manning location and join Brandon if you'd like to do that. And then uh, on the Jason Greger show at 2 o'clock, uh, we're going to be talking all sorts of things. Uh, Pete Burkich, uh, former Vikings linebacker, will join us. Uh, now part of the color or the radio broadcasting team. He also worked as a member of the coaching staff. Uh, Tony Marinero is going to join us from Portugal. Let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. We got Terry Ryan in co-hosting from three to five. Uh, Ryan Marsh, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints, will drop by around five forty. We've got Speck, of course, Colin Livingston, Robin Brownlee, Oilers Nation. That's two to six. You can stream it across our entire network. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Radio Player Canada. We're on the Stingray app. Of course, we're on the AM dial and for the Gregor so you can watch it. 2-6 to six on the Oilers Nation YouTube stream. Now, let's get back to the fantasy sports here because there are still lots to get to. Uh, we got a text here. This is not even actually a fantasy question, but hey, Joe. Hi, Joe. 
I don't, I, it must be Joe. He says, okay, commas would have helped me here. Hi, Joe from Edmonton. And I want to answer to the question that most people are asking these days. Do the Oilers realistically have a team to go all the way this year? It's not fantasy, but Joe, I think they do. You got the two most skilled offensive players in the world. You got a team that's growing around them. Hyman, Connor Brown, um, guys that are growing uh, defensively, I think Matias Ekholm is going to be a great addition for the entire year. Evan Bouchard on the rise. Goaltending's got to be good. You're going to need some performances in the playoffs. But I think the Oilers should consider themselves as a legit Stanley Cup contender this year. Uh, Low Tide can talk about that one next. I'll make sure he answers that question. But yes, I think that the Oilers should believe that. Uh, congrats on the new show and station. Would it be possible to adjust the call-in guest volume. Yeah, we can work on that, Farmer Jesse, for sure. Sometimes uh, sometimes the fader is just not where it needs to be. We'll talk to the engineering. We'll boost that for sure. Uh, initiation, or sorry, Imitation Tom, he told us about a league where the fighting was worth more than points. And he says an example of this is if you scored a hat trick, you got one less point than getting in a fight. So yeah, Ryan Reeves was probably the MVP in that one. Okay, we had Walt send in a text here at one eight three three four one fourteen forty. Hey guys, hoping to get some advice. I took four QBs. I need a running back. Wondering out of the quarterbacks I have, other than Tua, who should I trade and for what running back? He sent in a picture here. So he has Tua Tungavailoa starting. Makes a lot of sense. Matthew Stafford. Do you see these other quarterbacks? Mac Jones and Geno Smith. Looks like a super flex league. Oh, so there. Okay. When I first heard the message, I was a little. I was like four quarterbacks. That seems a little uh, excessive, but it is a super flex. So you know, two starters, two bench players. Um, I'll be honest with you here, Walt. I'm not sure if you're if you obviously want to keep Tua. I'm not sure that any of your other three options hold a ton of trade value. Uh, and if you're looking for a running back to um, be a little more high end. Uh, currently looking like he has Tony Pollard, great. Ezekiel Elliott, maybe a little bit less so, very much split duty option there. And then uh, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary, and uh, ooh, J.K. Dobbins on the IR. Tough tough luck for you there, Walt. But yeah, I, I, I'll i be honest. I don't really think um, any of those other quarterbacks have much trade value. If, if any of them did, I would say Geno Smith, and I'm not really sure what that'll net you, really. Yeah, sometimes patience is key. I mean, when the Seahawks, if they eventually get going, you know, you'll like that offense with Metcalf, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Tyler Lockett. Maybe maybe the offense gets going, their trade value goes up. I don't know about Matthew Stafford. He, and he, we, we've seen it. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback when he's got the talent around him. Without Cooper Cup, it might be a little bit tougher. Uh, got the Niners this week. Maybe the time to trade him is now before his trade value goes down as we assume the Niners defense will have a lot of success. Mac Jones did throw three touchdowns in week one. And he was a Pro Bowl alternate a couple of years ago. So, Oh, yeah, Pro Bowl alternate, Connor. Yeah. Uh, no, they, <laughs> I think I could make the Pro Bowl alternate squad by the time everybody opts out uh, at season's end. Tyler Huntley, didn't he get into the Pro Bowl one year? I believe he did. Yeah. And just, just to finish up on Walt's message here, looking at the rest of his roster, what injury luck this uh, guy has had so far. So he has Jacoby Myers, who, like we said, uh, not currently listed on the injury report, I don't think, but uh, took a good shot last week. And then Cooper Cup. Deontay Johnson and J.K. Dobbins all on his team. Uh, looks like only he does have an IR spot still empty, though. Took a screenshot of the full full thing here. For yeah. Us. Well, I wonder. I mean, if it's not a keeper league, you can cut J.K. Dobbins. He's not coming back. You throw 
Cooper Cup onto the IR. Uh, could you get Deontay Johnson in there too? And maybe that could open up a couple spots for you. you could try to find a, a waiver wire running back. Yeah. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, I think Joshua Kelly, if he's out there, looks like you're in a pretty deep league. But if Joshua Kelly's out there, I think he's a good start this week with Austin Eckler battling injury and Kellen Moore's history of starting two running backs or mixing up the run game. I think that uh, that could work. But, uh, well, you know, it's the, the quarterbacks that you have. It's not elite. It's not an elite group right there. Text here from Moonwatcher. Do you guys have any DFS picks for this week? I would assume that DFS, we're talking NFL football. I mean, you could be playing Major League Baseball, and I would just stay away from the Blue Jays if that's the case because, my gosh, I mean, they cannot get a win. Um, if you're talking NFL Daily Fantasy, we, we kind of went through it yesterday, some of the, the teams that we might like going into this one. I'm just trying to look at some of the matchups here. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a defensive one, but it's just as I scroll through here, it seems like a very simple one. Uh, definitely go grab uh, either San Francisco or Dallas. Uh, I probably lean a little bit more towards San Francisco. They're in L.A. taking on the Rams, who have some injuries there. Uh, Dallas up against the Jets. The Jets might be a little bit tougher because they do run the ball so effectively. Uh, I don't know. Anyone you're seeing that stands out to you for daily fantasy? We're going uh, probably NFL this weekend. Uh, the usual suspects. I mean, I don't know. I think you said, like you mentioned, if you're looking for a, a real depth type guy, like some of the people we've talked about already this week, like a, a Joshua Kelly, or depending on what the price is going to look like for J.K. Dobbins' replacement in Baltimore, uh, Gus Edwards or Justice Hill. This is slightly divergent, but Kevin was talking right at the end of his show this morning that a guy in his league spent 130 fab dollars on uh, Justice Hill. In his league, they have uh, they have <laughs> apparently two hundred and fifty to spend for the season, but yeah, over I think it was one one thirty something like that. Either way, a ridiculous amount for uh, a guy that who not even sure is going to be getting the bulk of the the reps in Baltimore. So yeah, no, I I think football it's it's just hunting for the best the best bargain prices on some of these uh, some of these guys. Like they can be names you recognize, and you don't have to like dig into the deep and find like a fourth string wide receiver or something. Yeah. Um, but it's just finding the right pieces of maybe some WR2s and WR3s. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at maybe what some prices are on guys going in this weekend, so I don't have any off the off the top of my head. I apologize. Maybe uh, we'll look into that one tomorrow. Some, yeah. uh, some daily fantasy stuff there. Cal quickly says, Connor, similar question. I have four QBs in a super flex dynasty. Can't decide which Ritter or Pickett I should pawn off for other assets. I mean, I don't think Ritter has any value right now. Uh, it shouldn't be that way because he's got two of the nicest young targets in the league. Uh, Kenny Pickett, probably a little bit higher. I don't know if either of those are going to get you too much. And Big Red, PPR, Keeper League, who do I start? Purdy, Stafford, or Daniel Jones? Went with Jones week one. I kind of like Daniel Jones this week to rebound. Uh, Purdy's going to be safe, I think, as well. I think he'll throw a touch, couple touchdowns, manages the ball very well. But that's going to do it for us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. We'll take it all your text, talking all things NFL football. we got to thank Pete Jensen for hopping on the show today with the NHL Network. Brandon Douglas, great job today. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, it is the lowdown with Low Tide. Thank you for tuning in today. Right now, let's get to a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. I'm Connor Halley. Here is Brandon Douglas.